Oh, not tonight, sweetie. You've had chef every night this week. But I love chef. Chef Hordy persevered and he rolled through that store, rolled all the way down the highway, over some rocks, past a dog and over this hose, ends up by the kid's feet. And the mom's like, what do you want for dinner? And Chef Hordy's right there. That was the first commercial I remember and it is something that it was like amazing to see. And they'll bring it back and you'll be like, I want Chef Hardy now. I don't even care if it's good or bad. After the Super Bowl, they put it back on and I bought Chef Hardy and I hated every second of eating it. But I just wanted to do it for the culture because I saw it and I was like, I need to get it. After all these years of holding this commercial, I gotta try this product out. Chef Boyardee. Boy, this stuff is good. That's Johnny. He's a 20-year-old college junior now and basically just articulated why TV commercials were so damn effective for the past hundred years. Welcome to Uncooked, a podcast made exclusively for marketers to get the raw, unfiltered views from industry experts and the actual humans we aim to engage. I'm your host, Jacqueline Lieberman, and today on Uncooked, I'm talking to Gen Z to uncover what we should know about their eating habits and what shapes their purchase decisions. So let's dig in. The Subway Kids Pack. What's it all about? It's about having something fun to eat at Subway. Sure, you've got places to go, people to see, but why not pop over to Burger King and find out how... Jack in the Box... Really Give me up a jack stick. Jack. Now, Nacho bucket, jack. Extra large drink. Isn't it amazing how far we've come in Adland when we hear these little gems? Back then, food for kids was positioned as fun and convenient, featuring mouthwatering images with catchy jingles. Okay, wait, maybe our marketing approach hasn't changed all that much, but at least we're less cheesy. Anyway, as consumers, our attitudes about health and eating habits have changed quite significantly over the past 20 years. Our Gen Z panel today starts with our college Zs, Garrett, Kristen, Kate, and Johnny, and then our high school Zs, Sophia, Abby, Hazel, and Rachel. They'll all hit on how the food shifts during their lifetime have impacted their daily routines. Yeah, well, school actually has me like eating breakfast in the morning usually because if it's summer, I wake up pretty late. I wake up like 11 or 12 and then by then it's just lunch and dinner and then like a bunch of snacks probably. Well, if I'm at, if I'm at school, it's kind of more uh, structured, I would say. Um, I would go to, get, go to the cafeteria, um, get like a bowl of uh, Cheerios, a uh, glass of milk, a banana, a lot, a lot more healthier, I would think. And, I, and then whatever they're serving, maybe like bacon, eggs, something like that. And that'll be on my way for breakfast. On days where like I don't have anything to do, I wake up around like 11 or 10. So like, I feel like I kind of miss the breakfast window. So I usually just wait until lunch. So <laughs> I don't really eat breakfast every day. Like right now during Corona, it's like me and like all my other friends that I talk to, like no one ever eats breakfast anymore because we just sleep in for the most part. But I've been, I've been waking her up like around like 8 a.m. though. Like so I try to eat breakfast sometimes I'm not even hungry and stuff like that. But like as you guys know, like I'm really into fitness all the time. So like mm-hmm. when I was at school, like what I like what I would normally eat was like I was trying to bulk up. So I was eating like 5,000 calories a day. You know, it, that was chow time. We used to eat like a whole bunch of omelets. We used to eat as much food as we can, oatmeal. A lot of a lot of healthy things. I never really put a lot of bad things in my body. Lunch, um, I'm going whatever they're serving. I mean, I kind of preference if they have chicken fingers or like a burger or something. I'm definitely going for that. 
and get some fries. Fries and ketchup can never go wrong. I didn't really get to eat lunch due to classes, so I'd have like a bowl of pasta or a salad or something. Um, I would constantly be snacking on like nuts or um, like trail mix. Like all like my roommates and stuff like that, they all just snack all day. And they would go and get like probably two meals a day from like the CC, but most of the time they're just snacking. Um, I usually try to add like maybe a protein bar or a granola bar and maybe like carrots or just some like other types of vegetables just to like help give me some energy back throughout the day and like just like help me get through like class and you know keep me energized. I kind of graze throughout the day. I'll like snack, which may not be the best habit, but it's usually just how my days turn out for me. And then for dinner, I would either like go out to Chipotle to Chipotle get Chinese food like that's where like my really bad diet was if it wasn't like if I wasn't going out to eat I would probably I'll be making a lot of fish or a lot of lean meat rice and a lot of vegetables always got a glass of milk I'm, I only drink water and milk so like I don't drink soda or anything it's weird because all my friends make fun of me because I always have a glass of milk, whatever the meal is. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I need the glass of milk. It seems to me that the Gen Z diet is largely impacted by routine, which is whether or not they have school or a job schedule to stick to, or are they more freewheeling, like over the summer? When a schedule isn't that important, they tend to graze throughout the day and will tend to skip meals and eat whenever they're actually hungry. But in the day-to-day routines, it seems that the Zers are really eating three square meals a day with healthy snacks like protein bars and nuts and trail mix, or dare I say hummus and chips to tie them over, really to energize them throughout the day. And that's the way that they're talking about it, is for energy to tie them over so that they're not hungry. I mean, this is a long way from the 80s snacking on Little Debbie pies or Entenmann's pop-ums. Remember those? Yeah. Anyway, it appears Gen Z is highly conscious of the need to incorporate these healthy snacks or lean meats and fish and veggies into their diets, which is really encouraging. I'm conscious of how much like sugar I'm eating um, and how much stuff like that. Like the other day I was drinking like a Snapple iced tea, I think. And I was looking at the sugar and it's like 50 grams in like one bottle. And it was crazy to see. And I was like off, very disgusted, not disgusted, like confused by that. Cause like it's very weird to think about. <laughs> a study conducted by Partners in Napier titled Healthy Eating in America, Insights on Bridging the Head to Stomach Gap. They surveyed 1,100 U.S. adults by their eating habits, and it's called Head to Stomach Gap because while 78% of us believe healthy eating is important, only 46% of respondents actually say that they eat healthy on a regular basis. That's a big gap. But the good news is, despite over 50% of the average diet consisting of ultra-processed food, I'm finding that Gen Z, consciously or not, they're already eating healthier than previous generations at their age. I love, my parents eat a lot of red meats. I don't really eat a lot of red meats anymore. Uh, what else? Pork. I don't eat pork. That's a good mm-hmm. one. It's obviously like, you know, a little bit more of like a younger thing to be interested in, like eating less meat and like, you know, going a little bit more plant-based. So I tried to make tofu recently. It didn't go super well because I didn't follow a recipe or anything, but I like tried to make it. And if I were to tell my mom, oh, I made this great tofu the other day, she would go, what? Like, excuse me? I replaced the junk foods with like a lot of healthier, like nuts, trail mix and all that. I've noticed that like if once I cut out the junk and I actually put in like food in my system that will fuel me rather than, you know, 
all of that. The, the more I fueled myself, the better I would, I will do. So that's why I changed my diet. I've been eating like, you know, a solid mix of healthy and unhealthy stuff. I was really aware of how I would feel and like how it would impact me to like eat like garbage every single day. So obviously I've had meals where it's like not been super healthy, but I've also tried to be cognizant of the fact that I need to be like eating well and like, you know, actually eating vegetables and protein and everything. I know that the the meat and the dairy industry in terms of like ethical production and like environmental sustainability is not incredible. And there's a lot of waste that goes into it. There's a book called Eating Animals. I forget who the author is, but my, me and my sister, my mom all read it. And it's crazy to, there was um, one part that sticks with me like forever is a part, um, it's on, like picture like a, a regular size book. And then on one of the pages, it's the size of a chicken coop for one chicken in their entire lifetime. And it like fits on the size of a page. And that just like freaked me out. And I was like, this is crazy. Like this is, is insane. So it's just stuff like that, stuff like how it's produced and like how it's consumed and just like the whole industry in terms of like sustainability and just like from an environmental standpoint, it's much more sustainable to eat plant-based. It seems Gen Z is aware of the health and environmental benefits of buying organic, but their budget just precludes them from making actual purchases. College-age Zs are looking to YouTube for ideas on how to eat healthy on $50 a week. They refer to buying organic as an aspirational choice post-college when they have a quote-unquote real job and they have more money to actually spend on food. YouTube is key. And like, that's where I got a lot of my information from. Like, and I just remember like watching this one video and this dude was like five meals a day for like 50 bucks a week. What's up guys, Zach Pony here. And today I'm gonna meal prep a week's worth of cutting diet with only $50. Let's do it. And I was like, well, wait a second here. Let's, let's check it out. And I did, and it, it really is like that. But that's like, that's me balling on a budget. So I'll, like the mo majority of like 20 bucks of it is just gonna be like chicken breast. But I'm gonna go to Walmart and get the like the great value brand instead of anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even though I like the other mm -hmm. stuff, I just can't really afford it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely look for the organic. Um, I'm also on a college girl budget. So, you know, the organic's a little bit more expensive. I try to go for the healthier brands or um, the non-GMO or non-antibiotics pumped through. N nothing pumped, it just like the natural chicken and organic chicken. I try my best to get that, but... I am on a college girl budget, so I, you know, I do tend to get the cheaper brands. I like really understand the environmental impacts that like especially locally sourced food can have, but especially in my position, I, when I go to school and stuff, I am responsible for my food costs and everything. And I do feel like those products tend to be a lot more expensive and not as accessible to me. Maybe I'm not looking in the right places. Maybe I'm not finding the right things. But like when I go to the Giant or the Wegmans at school, I feel like those products do have an upmark that I can't really cover the cost of them at this point. Despite the fact that they aspire to eat healthy, fast food still has a place in a Gen Zer's life. I've noticed fast food seems to be reserved for three types of consumption. The first one is the social routine with friends. That's the local pizza joint or fast casual place everybody likes to meet at or hang out before or after going somewhere. And then the second one is there's just the legit, I have a craving and if I don't get it, I'm going to die scenario. This has all to do with giving into the cravings and making a pilgrimage with friends to that place really for satisfaction. Finally, fast food is really the clutch choice for when they're just freaking bored. 
The impulse orders from Uber Eats and DoorDash now makes it easy, and it becomes a way to pass the time when they're hanging out with friends. But really what's bubbling up for me is that the consumption is not as haphazard as we may think, because the common thread linking all of these behaviors is fast food being a form of entertainment with friends. And most importantly, it isn't a daily diet staple. Like if we're all craving like five guys, let's say, like we, everyone loves five guys. And it's the closest one's like 25 minutes away. But we'll, we'll, we'll make that hike. We'll drive that 25 minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's, that's really it. Unless it's like you want to get pizza, then we have like our favorite pizza spot around us. It's just depending on like what I'm in the mood for, if I'm with my friends or not. You know what I mean, if we're in a rush, we'll just go and stop by to get something. So I go there here and there now. I feel like I went off fast food for a long time, but then I went to school and Chick-fil-A is for some reason a big thing in Easton. I know that's like a huge trend right now. So like, I would say really the only fast food I eat is like Chick-fil-A and Chipotle. Um, If Chipotle is classified as fast food or moderately fast food. Yeah, I would say that's about it. I don't really eat McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, like that kind of side of it. I don't know. It's like not good for you. And I feel like that makes it automatically better in my head. So, I mean, also, it just like tastes really good. I don't know. Five guys, a hamburger with lettuce and ketchup and Cajun fries all day, every day. I can eat that. The study I mentioned earlier also highlighted the importance of language and how gender trumps these generational differences that we typically see. So, for example, women were four times more likely than men to use the word less when asked of their interpretation of healthy. So what they want to see in advertising and packaging is less fat, less sodium, essentially eliminating the things that they deem are unhealthy, where men They're motivated by language of more or balance, like more healthy fats, more protein, more fiber. So this was really interesting to me as we think about how we can engage in better conversations with our audiences in a way that resonates just to them. The other way to resonate with Gen Z is through situational context, then by memorable ads per se. So they really recall seeing brands or products or recipes or even certain fad diets when it was in within a lifestyle context. So this was usually in the form of a well-presented social post or a DIY video, but it definitely wasn't in the form of an ad. Yeah, I feel like a lot of big influencers, like YouTubers influence like what I've tried. Like Emma Chamberlain is a big YouTuber and she always used to get like iced lattes or something like that. And then I was like, oh, I'll try an iced latte. And I was like, oh, I love an iced latte now. (laughs) And yeah, just like, If I see a lot of posts about some trendy new place like Pliables in Fairfield is very trendy with the acai and everything, I'd probably want to go there just to like see what it's like. And if I really like it, then I'd probably try to go again and just tell my parents, oh, this is like this cool new thing. I want to try it. And if they're not in a bad mood, they'll be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> if you like look at my like my search page, like my explore page on Instagram, it's just all bodybuilding and like eating. Like that's uh, like I follow a lot of athletes and like my favorite ones and specifically like Colin Von Moger. I love him. But then like I'll follow like another like one another favorite athlete of mine is Brian Shaw. And he's uh, like the world's strongest man. Like that's what they call him. Like he's like uh, like a strong man. And I can't eat as much as he can. But like, I'll see what he does. And like, there's like videos of like following this athlete, like what he eats every day and stuff like that. Like Larry Wheels, like he's another really big athlete of mine that I really enjoy watching. And like, even him, like I remember watching a video and he was like, 
I, you're eating so much a day. You're just hungry. You're not hungry, but you know you have to do it. So what I do is mm-hmm. I just lock my phone away, put it away, and I'll stare at a wall and just eat. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> help me. Like, I do that now. You know what I mean? TikTok is like one of like the most like popular apps right now. And the more you like look up something or the more you just like continually like watch a video that's on your for you page, the more that video will come up or like videos like it will come up. So I do have like a lot of like meal preps or, you know, healthy eating types of like TikTokers on my for you page. So I guess that's how I get a lot of my information as well. I wouldn't say I follow them, but I see it often because it comes up on my page as well. I say the phone eats first, always. It's just a, a rule. I'm always posting on like Instagram or just to show off my food. Even like I, I, it's just like something I like doing. If I have like paying all vodka with grilled chicken, posting that random story on uh, Snapchat or something. Like if I got hibachi or like Chinese food, ah, uh, yeah. Um, if I get like a burger and fries or steak, if I get like a steak or and like something, um, posting that. Sometimes if like something on my Instagram, like explore feed will show me like, I don't know, like a cooking video, I'll watch it, but I don't like try to actively seek out cooking videos. I feel like the more like the thing I do with food is like, I just watch my mom cook and like, I watch like my family cook and I just kind of see like what I can learn from that. But I don't really watch like cooking TV shows or like, I don't follow any like cooking accounts on Instagram or like any other social media platform. Here's what this conversation with Gen Z highlighted for me. The first observation was, you know, while Gen Z may be digital natives, they will be the last generation to recall watching unskippable food commercials from their childhood channels of Nickelodeon or Disney. And today they're doing less watching and more absorbing. And I mean, absorbing messages that we embed into their digital daily experiences. So their food preferences are being shaped by the lifestyles that they see in their feeds not overt advertising like previous generations. Another observation uh, is that it's really encouraging to see the heightened awareness Gen Z has of food. Uh, and it's, it means that they, they view food exactly as it should be, using words like fuel and energy and sustenance. Language really matters as we saw with gender, but we also need to bear in mind the age nuances within Gen Z because it's really easy to lump them into one bucket. We know Gen Z high schoolers don't have much control over their food purchases, so they tend to branch out when they're out with their friends and they move from that kid palate to trying like new fast casual foods. Whereas college age Zs are shopping and cooking for themselves, making purchasing decisions most likely for the first time. So our language and positioning really needs to reflect these different life phases that they're in. And the last observation for me is around fast food. It's reserved for indulgence with friends or as a reward, or it's just plain fun. But there's no illusions here. They know it's garbage in and garbage out. But what Gen Z does that's really unique to them is that they give fast food a role in their lives as opposed to a staple in their diets. That's huge. As I've said before, the more I learn about Gen Z, the more I'm inspired about the people they're growing up to be. This has been an episode of Uncooked. I'm Jacqueline Lieberman, founder and chief strategist at Brand Crudo, a marketing consultancy. You can learn more about what we do at brandcrudo.com. I want to thank Garrett, Sophia, Kristen, Hazel, Abby, Johnny, Rachel, and Kate for their valuable insight into this topic and my talented producer, Max Sternlicht. 
And a special shout out to fitness influencer Zach Perna for teaching us how to shred our muscles on a budget. Sorry, I couldn't resist. If you guys like what you heard, please subscribe from your favorite podcast player. Also, don't forget to rate or leave a review. A quick 30 seconds of your time is all it takes and your feedback would mean the world to me. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.